Welcome to the Fearless Year podcast. Where we're dedicated to helping ourselves. And you along with us. Break our codependent relationship with fear. I am Dr. Rebecca Heiss. And I'm Nathan Robinson. Together, we talk to experts about traits and skills and areas we hope to grow in as leaders of businesses, families, and communities. Skills and traits like creativity. The ability to confront. Empathy. And time management. Your Fearless Year is all about fearing less. And doing more. Let's dive in. Let's do it. Hey, folks. Welcome back to the Fearless Year. I'm Nathan. And I'm Rebecca. And this morning, we are talking to Joe DeSena. Joe, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Joe is the CEO and founder of Spartan. So if you have been to a Spartan race, if you haven't, sign up now. What are you waiting for? Um, It offers like 300 events in 40 plus countries, a million plus strong. This is a huge tribe, an incredible tribe. And we're so grateful that you're here with us today, Joe, to, to talk a little bit more. Thanks. I would say it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's on that edge, isn't it? It's on the edge. And and um, I would imagine, I mean, I don't know what the numbers look like, but like um, folks that go, you know, that really practice a religion, whatever form of religion they practice, I would imagine the numbers are down a little bit, you know, over the last hundred years. And I would imagine, uh, by the way, I'm speculating. Again, I don't have data here, but I would imagine... Things like Spartan or things like CrossFit um, kind of fill that void for some people. It becomes their religious experience each week or each day, right? Yeah, could not could not agree more. I'd, I'd actually be really curious. That might be something I have to look up now because uh, I I imagine there there's two crossing lines, right? As one has gone down, yours has gone up. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard I've heard a, a similar statistic that the the nuns, the N O N E S, the nuns category of religion is on the rise, right? It, you know, Catholic, Jewish, Buddhist, mm-hmm. none, that nuns category is is on the rise over the, the last couple of decades for sure. So um, so cool. I love that you <laughs> you you uh, sort of jumped right into the philosophy culture aspect because what you've built is fitness related, mm-hmm. but it's more about lifestyle and, and identity. Yeah, so we'll start off pretty simple. How, how do you define performance? Mm, you know, I, 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 I didn't practice for any of this, so I might screw this up, but I would say it's, it's a level of commitment. It starts with a commitment. Um, and I say that because um, it's hard to perform, right, if you're not, uh, if you're not committed. Like, like for me, uh, just one and done, it's not really performing, right? Mm. Performing for me is, is, is that repetition over and over and over. Um, so definitely a commitment and then bringing your best. Like when I see my kids wrestle, for example, my boys wrestle and my daughters play soccer, um, I don't really care win or lose. It feels better if you win, of course. But, um, but did you give it a thousand percent? Right. Like like this past weekend, my boys were wrestling and my son had a had a few wins. But then this one match he lost actually was his best match because he was down by five. And then he was down by eight. And then somehow it was nine, nine with 10 seconds to go. And he lost. But like I was I gave him a high five. I don't know if he understood, but that ability to to come back. Right. Against all odds, because. Everybody could be good. Everybody could perform when the sun is shining. Mm. But how do you act? And do you deliver when it's like raining and bullets are flying and it sucks and it doesn't look like you're going to make it? I was watching uh, Saving Private Ryan the other day for a little wake-up call. Um, 
right? And, and and can you imagine World War II or World War One or Vietnam, like being able to um, talk about against all odds? Yeah. Being able to perform under that kind of pressure. So I don't know, performance for me, it's got to be, again, I don't know if I'm answering the question well, but it's got to be raining and ugly. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be out of ammunition. And that's a true performance. Win or lose, doesn't really matter. So frequently, you know, we perform by putting on our very best and here I am and you can see me at my best and, and you're getting at the true grit, the repeated showing up, committing, going in, scrapping. And, and I love, yeah. I just love that answer. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, to pull on that thread, performance shows up when the stakes are high, mm. right? When the stakes are, are not high or the conditions are perfect, like you said, anybody can sort of show up on a sunny day and, and be within a range of performance. But uh, performance really shows up when the stakes are high. Maybe it shows up. You right? hope it does. Yeah. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and when it does, that, that's, that's, you know, that deserves a high five. No, no doubt. What what drew you to this this kind of work? What drew you to your, your work around performance and, and getting into the, the gritty piece of that? You know, my mom in the nineteen early 1970s, um, I grew up, if you ever saw the movie Goodfellas, I grew up in Ground Zero for that. And my mom found yoga, meditation, health food. She became vegan in the early 70s before, I mean, there was no yoga journal. That, like no one even knew what any of this stuff was, right? Cold showers, like all the stuff that's in vogue right now. She was pushing back then. And so um, it seemed weird. It seemed weird to the neighborhood. It seemed weird to my sister and I, to anybody. Um, but that, that I think was the original connection to all this, right? Like mind and body being one. Um, I, mean, I mean, she used to say, don't say things that you don't want to manifest. That's ridiculous, mom. Like, baby <laughs> stuff is actually going to, like, how could that be? Like, it didn't make any sense, right? And so so she was pushing all this stuff, and that's probably where I got my first interest. And meditating? She meditated once. She locked herself in her room. She must have had water. But she fasted, no food, and I was meditating for 30 days. Ooh. 30 days. My grandfather had to break the door down and, like, smack her out of it but but um so talk about talk about performing at, at an extreme level she introduced us to a race in queens new york that still exists today it goes around a one mile loop uh 3100 times so um 3100 mile race you just go around and around and around and around and um until you lose your mind and and so that probably that probably was my first interest and then by the way the folks that were successful at organized crime that had the nice cars and rolls, $100 bills in their pockets, uh, in their field, in their respective field, they were high performers. Yeah. And, and, um, and so that intrigued me and all the other boys in town. We, we wanted to be those guys, right? Hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's where I got my interest. Yeah. There can be a lot of assumptions around endurance running or tough mutters or the, you know the spartan race and and all of those things there can be an assumption about who's drawn to that and who what personality the founder might have um but you've taken us down this path that is in line with what you've described from your mom right it's it's about your internal state as much as it is the external performance no 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 doubt about it um and by the way um 
you don't have to run a 3,100 mile run or a Tough Mudder or a Spartan, right? You just got to show up hmm. every day and, and um, you got to lean in and you got to get after it. Nothing drives me crazier than folks that just half-ass whatever it is yeah. they're doing. Treat it like you're a professional. On, on this journey, yeah. um, dive into any part of it that you like. But as you were building this company and building this cult, as you said <laughs> it, uh, what are some of the surprises you learned along the way? The su surprises that had to do with performance specifically or just revelations that you've had along the journey? Well, I mean, I, I didn't expect, as crazy as it sounds, I did not expect this many people to be interested in crawling under barbed wire or getting dirty. <laughs> but I would imagine... You ever see the movie? There's a great show on Netflix you should watch called Hell on Wheels. <laughs> and it's um, not that I'm promoting Netflix or couches, but at <laughs> night before I go to bed, I do get 20, 30 minutes of something on Netflix before I pass out. And um, Hell on Wheels um, follows the making of the railroad, the Continental Railroad in the U.S. Huh. And it was muddy. I mean, it was like the ultimate Spartan Tough Mudder hmm. event. It was dirty. It was tough. You get killed out there going west. And um, somehow they fought through. But, you know, if, if we were living, if the three of us were living at that time, I would imagine we wouldn't be pushing or promoting Spartan races or CrossFit or Tough Mudder. We would probably be promoting, like, climate-controlled rooms and couches <laughs> and hot showers and baths, right? Because, yeah. because it, life was tough. And life has become so sedentary, so easy for the first world that um, I just didn't expect that folks would be yearning for something dirty and hard, right? When the pendulum swings too far one way, I guess we, at the end of the day, we're animals. The three of us are animals. And um, we might not think we're animals because we fix our hair up and we put on clothes. And, um, but, but at the end of the day, we're, we're just beasts. We're animals. And animals, they like to act like animals. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is that I was surprised with is, is um, how much money we would need. You need a lot of money when you're taking, when you're creating a cult like this across so many countries. Um, it is expensive. <laughs> and, and then the third thing is, you know, at the end of the day, it's technology, technology, technology. And um, I would say we are more Flintstone than we are Jetson. For those of you old enough to know those two cartoons, and um, we, you can't be sophisticated enough when it comes to tech, because that's how the whole world operates these days. And so here I am selling barbed wire and mud, but at the end of the day, if we're not really technology, you know, savvy, we're not going to recruit people to get motivated to do hard. It's a fascinating clash of worlds, right? Like. Here's all the things. We're, we're using all the things to get to you on your cushy, air-conditioned couch um, that you're used to so that we can pull you back into your animalistic, like, releasing all of that energy. So, Joe, you told us a little bit about growing up, um, you know, having these really interesting experiences with, with the organized crime that you saw in, in your neighborhoods and your mom having this very forward-thinking um, connection to mind-body-spirit. I'm curious if you could go back in time to your eight-year-old self and have all the knowledge that you have today, but could revisit that eight-year-old self. What, what knowledge would you tell young Joe about performance? I would say patience, young grasshopper. 
um, it's actually, you know, even though life is, is so short, um, it's longer than you think. Hmm. You got, you got, you got plenty of time. I would say, um, the little things matter. I, this morning I gave my son against my better judgment. Uh, I, the last two, two mornings I told him, my oldest son, um, you don't have to work out in the morning. And for the last 12 years, he's 15 years old since he's three years old, like every day. We work out in the morning and, wow. and well, now it's all four kids, but at that time it was one child and, um, but I'm going to give him a break cause he, he's, he's on the track team now and I, he's exhausted and I let him, let him sleep in recovery is important too. And I come into his room and somehow he got a pint of some sort of vegan ice cream we have in the freezer. So first off, why the fuck do we have a vegan ice cream in the freezer? Right. Like, so I want to have a conversation with the family that says like, if it's there, we're going to eat it. So why do we, I don't even understand why we have it. That's, that's the first order of business for tonight. But the second thing is like, I was trying to explain to him, which I wouldn't understand as my eight year old self, like those little decisions you make, like you work out so hard. Why would you, why would you, eat it? why wouldn't you go have like some fruit or some salad or some, now I know I get the other side of it is look if you if you hold those things back when those kids get let out of the house they're gonna go nuts right mm-hmm. but if I had to tell my eight year old self something it would be like there's no benefit in eating garbage mm-hmm. if you want to be a high performer whether in business or relationships whatever it is like the food and drink that we consume probably pay plays eighty percent of the role in, in in whether or not you're a high performer. Um, so that, yeah, that's what I would tell my eight-year-old self and, and my eight-year-old self wouldn't listen because it didn't want to listen to my mother. Who, <laughs> it wouldn't listen. Um, just like my 15-year-old son this morning didn't want to listen um, because you're invincible until you're not. And, and all these things, and by the way, I slip up every day. I slip up every day when it comes to food, but I know I feel, somebody wrote me last night, a friend of mine, very, very successful. And, and she wrote me and she said, oh, my God, I finally have completely bought in. She goes, I had COVID. And it turns out now if I drink wine, it completely screws me up. So I can't drink anymore. I find that if I eat just vegetables and I work out and sweat every day, I'm, I'm performing at the highest level. So, you know, it took COVID, I guess, for this particular person. But, um, but it's nice when you finally realize, again, you're not going to realize at eight years old that Diet and exercise play a big role on on how well you perform every day. It's so true. I, I one of my favorite sayings that I think about a lot as I'm putting food in my body is that my taste buds are going to lie to me. Your taste buds always lie to you. They always lie, but your stomach never does. So it's getting to the point where you're paying attention to that gut and going, "Oh, that doesn't feel good." Right. Yeah. Because the taste buds were lying to you. You didn't need that ice cream. What you needed was some veggies. And then when I eat that vegetable, like you can perform better. Your whole body is in sync and, and moving forward. So, yeah, I've got uh, you said you have four kids. I do. Yeah, I have four of my own. And, and so I'm thinking about the same things with the example that I'm setting and the explicit messages that I'm giving to my kids. And the comfort for me comes from what I see in my own life where, you know, I didn't want to listen to my parents either. But round about age like 23 to 25, I would be doing something and then sort of have this this out-of-body experience and look at what I was doing. And I'm like, oh, this this is 
exactly like my dad, right? <laughs> From like little mannerisms or, or different things. And and that was when I first started noticing it. And now the older that I get, it feels like every year, like there's something else that was dormant that is sort of finally breaking through the soil and that I'm seeing come about. And some of it's just like hand gestures, but some of it's the deeper stuff, yeah, right? Sure. Um, you know, about integrity and faithfulness and, and providing for the family, et cetera. So, um, you know, I guess I just say that to all of us to take heart, <laughs> the things we're doing, the seeds that we're, we're planting, um, you know, they'll, they'll sprout in their time. Patience, grasshopper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patience, young grasshopper. You know, I, I can't wait for the day where my children wake up and they're making their children wake up early and work out and eat healthy and you know it, it took me i was probably 30 mm. eh, 20, late 20 mid 20s when i said oh my mom was right i wonder if you if you could teach everyone one thing about being a high performer and you've given us a bunch already no don't, don't get me wrong but the one thing that everybody needs to know in order to level up what's the one thing or the three things i'm going to give you more than one i actually Good. yeah please i just wrote a book on this um nice it's um, I'm self-publishing it. They're going to cost me 40 cents to produce. And I want to, my dream would be to have millions of copies at every checkout counter everywhere. Love it. So you guys heard that. Let's, let's go get this book. And no, and no, like literally I'll sell them for 40 cents. I'll, I'll, I'll give them for free. I, but it's like, let's start in the morning, right? Like wake up early. Now I understand if you're working all night, so that different discussion for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, wake up early. Because, because you don't want to be behind the eight ball. You don't want to be chasing your tail. And I, I see it happen. I used to clean swimming pools as a kid. And so I was at people's houses five in the morning because uh, I was a maniac until midnight because I wanted to do more work. And I would see, this was before I had a family. And I would see like if people woke up late and then they were chasing, the kids had to get to school and then it started a fight between the parents and they forgot the keys to the car. And, <clears throat> Right. And, and it was like, oh, my God, all that could be avoided if you like laid out the car keys the night before and laid out the kids clothes and got up early. And did, and so get up early, get your shit together so that you're not chasing it down. Don't sit on social media um, when you wake up. Uh, number two, drink a bunch of water when you wake up. I like to put a little apple cider vinegar or lemon. Chug the water. Hydrate like your life uh, depends on it. Number three, sweat. Sweat before breakfast. Earn your breakfast. I would imagine, what the hell do I know? But I would imagine <laughs> if this was 500 years ago, we probably had a sweat before breakfast because we had to go get some food. Yep. Right? Like there was not a fridge in the cave or, or, or wherever we were sleeping. So, so, you know, take a cold shower. The science is like proven. And I've been doing this for 40 plus years. So take a cold shower. Um, eat a salad with every meal. You don't want to be vegan? No problem. One thing we could all agree on, whether you're keto, vegan, Mediterranean diet, doesn't matter. One thing we could all agree on is, you know, eat some veggies. Eat some veggies. You want to eat steaks? Great. Just make sure you have a giant salad with it. Don't turn your salad into a pizza. <laughs> that's i'm guilty of that i do that nope. i'm like i have nope. some lettuce on there with the cheese eat, eat more veggies and then get to bed early if you're gonna get up early get to bed early i, I like to say to my family 
there's nothing good that happens after 11 p.m. Like, I don't think, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you lay out all the things around the world that happen to every single person <laughs> after 11 p.m. There's not a lot of good things yeah. that happen. That can't happen, you know, between 8 and 10. <laughs> so true. Get to bed early. You know, so you ask for one, but there's a bunch. It's really simple. Yeah. It's really simple. We make it more complicated. I think I think you nailed it on the head there. I think it is. I think people are looking for the magic pill. Like if if I can just take this, if there's that one thing. Hang on, hang on. I have the magic pill. I'm, I'm ready for it. This is gonna be a plug. Uh, yes, do it. But but uh, and I'm sorry because I feel slimy. <laughs> Not at all. No, I asked for it. I'll take a cold shower. <laughs> uh, so so um after 21 years of putting on these events after seeing people not knowing how to hydrate mm -hmm. seeing people stuck on the side of a trail with their legs locked seeing people drinking 800 calorie starbucks coffees before the start of a race i said we are going to create hydrate and energy and it's going to be a pill and everybody said to me, Joe, there's pill fatigue. People don't want to take pills. They want fizzy drinks and they want coffees. And, and I was like, I don't give a fuck what they want. That's not what they need. <laughs> right? And, and, and I've been on 100-mile runs, 300-mile runs, 1,000-mile, 3,000-mile bike rides. And, like, I don't carry a blender with me. And I don't have time. Like, a fizzy drink where, where the uh, pill dissolves in the water, 80% of that, is a waste so that just so that it'll fizz. I know that it's cool, but it's not what you need. And so I created, we created energy and hydrate in a little packet. I'll give them to you for free. I'm not looking, but, but like this is what you need. If you're doing hard shit and you need some energy, you, you certainly need this. I'm Starbucks will never sponsor me now. And I know people there, but <laughs> this, this will save you so much money huh. and so many calories, these energy pills. This is, I found Spartan tea in the mountains of Sparta, Greece. No bullshit. They were picking it in the mountains. And I was like, what is that? Oh, you don't know? That's, that used to be Hippocrates and Socrates tea. They would, they would uh, pick it off the mountains. The higher up that it grows, you can't really cultivate it because if you grow it on a farm, it doesn't have the same polyphenol. Anyway, grows up in the mountains, you pick it. I was like, I'll take the whole mountain. I want it all. And so every year they, they pick it on the mountain for us. It's very good for the local economy there. And, um, and we grind it up into a powder and I put it into this um, energy pill. And there was a movie, I don't know who was in the movie where like they take these pills and they have tremendous energy and all. You've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, Limitless. Yeah. Yeah, the, br the, brain, the brain thing, thing? with Bradley yeah. Cooper, yeah. I'm not bullshitting you. This is limitless. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need it. Now, now I, I want it. I'm not bullshitting. This is limitless. So I'll send you some. You're sweet. Thank you. It's unbelievable. And then the hydrate. I'm sorry it sounds like commercial, guys. I no, will no, no. This is information I want, seriously. Yeah, and sure. our listeners are going to want too. So I want you to actually give us the plug, please. The hydrate. Again, I'm doing races all over the world, multi day, multi week. And Again, I can't carry a blender with me. I can't carry lots of stuff. And your body needs electrolytes in order to assimilate uh, volumes of water. You need, you need electrolytes. And if you drink too much water, right, you'll lose, you'll actually lose electrolytes. And so I said, why don't we go to the medical perfect? Why don't we figure out medical grade hydration? 
Like, mm-hmm. like I wanted the fizzy stuff because it's cool. You drop it in, it bubbles, right? Yeah. And I can't do an IV in the middle of the right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, so, um, so I got these pills from literally from the medical profession and they give them to folks in hospitals. And I said, great, I'm going to take them from the hospital and I want to use it in endurance. And um, it's not sexy. It doesn't fizz up in water. You pop it in your mouth. But it slow releases into the body. And so if you're running 100 miles, you only need three or four pills. Wow. You, you know what I mean? Like, so um, obviously, if you're in the Sahara Desert, you're sweating like crazy. You need a few more. I found these two products. They're unbelievable. This was not a setup, folks, if you're listening. You could erase <laughs> fast forward the whole thing. Shoot me an email, joe at spartan.com. I'll send you free stuff. Um, I'm not looking to sell you anything, but but it would be cool if, if you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that, amazing. That brings to mind two things. One is sort of this principle that you create what you need, mm. right? So mm-hmm. you were looking to, and by the way, that didn't feel sales pitchy at all uh, because you're telling us about the thing that you needed and you wanted and then you created it. And in some ways, this podcast is, is a similar thing, right? Yeah. We wanted to talk to experts in their field to help us learn and be better performers and be better, more interesting and interested people, et cetera. So that is the first thing that I thought of. But the other is a lot of the other stuff, like you mentioned the like the sexiness or the convenience, but honestly, and I'm not, a, a you know, I, I don't have expertise in this, but I think about all that filler stuff as, I can't imagine that that stuff is healthy yeah. for you either. Yeah. Um, I'm sure some of it's neutral, like the fizzing action. I don't probably, want the plop plop fizz right, fizz. Right. Just give me the stuff I need. And also, like, I hate, um, like, any artificial sweeteners, even, like, the plant-derived stuff, like the stevias and the monk fruit. It's just got this weird action. So it's something not, I could. There is nothing yeah. in here but what you need. That's yeah, it. something I can just swallow. Yeah, yeah, I was on the phone yesterday with some folks that do all the Amazon stuff, and they were like, gee, Joe, you know, people see it, but then they, they don't see that it bubbles in water, and so they're not interested in it. Or, you know, it doesn't have uh, sugar. And it's like, we need to market the fact that there's nothing in it except yeah. right. what you need. Yeah. Right. Yep. But anyway. Yeah. And, and that's a great metaphor, I think, for performance, right? Performance is very simple. Just like you said, right? It's these, it's these basic habit stacks that you can build. Go to bed early, wake up early, hydrate early, uh, eat a salad when you're eating meat, like all of these things. It's not rocket science no and yet i think we do try and complicate it right we're like oh but we if we add this and we add this and we add this and it's like no 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 performance what i'm hearing is about subtraction it's Mm. taking out the stuff you don't need it's taking out this extra time that you're spending scrolling through social media right it's taking it's subtraction not addition same page you're you're, um, when i get off the phone with you guys i'm gonna call my wife and just say we have to eliminate 75 percent of the stuff in our fridge in our house i oh wow I, like, I don't understand why we're buying all this stuff. Now, I get it. I'm a Spartan. I'm a minimalist. I, my family probably, I probably could take it too far. <laughs> but but um, I think we've gone too, there's too many things. Why why do we have these little Pellegrino drinks in the house? I don't, I don't get it. Well, we're getting close to the end. Uh, Rebecca, you want to wrap us up with the last couple of questions? Yeah, sure. Um, my One of my favorite questions to ask is how we use these skills to become more fearless in our own lives. So I'm not saying like, be absolutely fearless, go running in like Saving Private Ryan. Like that's that's for the extreme. But if we can fear less, if we can recognize that most of the things in our daily cushy lives, there's no real fear happening. So how can we use some of the techniques that you've taught us today? How can we use performance to level up and, and fear less in our lives? You know, I, I, um, I have a policy that if I'm 
not wanting to do something than I say I have to do it. Um, I was in Scotland. We had a Spartan race in Scotland. It was exactly like you would imagine with Mel Gibson and Braveheart. It was, <laughs> it was misty and rainy and it was green and mountainous. And, and I saw these two uh, tent weights, like 50-pound dumbbells, and they were holding down the tent because it was rainy. And I thought, nope, you can't do it. I'm, I'd be afraid of that. Like, oh, you got to do it now. I'm going to carry those 50-pounders through the course. I'm going to do it, right? How bad could it be? It'll take me oh six or 10 times longer than you would otherwise do it. It'll suck. I'm afraid of it. But you have a policy, Joe, that 99% of the time, you're afraid of something. You just got to push through. You got to do it. Because I've almost never come out the other side of one of those things that I didn't want to do and, and not say, that was awesome i'm so yeah. glad i pushed through and did that anyway check this out i um i found a bagpiper later that day after i had already made the decision to push through my fear i was going to carry these things and i said hey can you follow me on the course just blowing the bagpipes the whole time oh my god so that's great I the dumbbells as this bagpiper followed me and I, I mean, it got annoying after like three hours listening to the bagpipes, <laughs> but, but it was awesome. And he was in his perfect skirt and the whole, I know it's not called a skirt. I apologize if I offended any bagpipers, <laughs> um, but, but it was awesome. And, you know, another time I, I, did, I was afraid to swim across the bay because I'm afraid of sharks and I did it anyway because I do what I'm afraid of. And I met my wife, my, my future wife on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And I could give you a hundred examples of things when I have, you know, we'll call it, you know, we probably have fears um, that are based on thousands, tens of thousands of years of wiring in our brain that have no place in today's world. And so we're afraid of things that don't really exist. But, but years ago, they kept us from freezing in the cold or falling off a cliff or being eaten by a mountain lion. But the stuff today, they're not true threats. Yeah. Right. The likelihood that I was going to get eaten by the shark or the likelihood that the tent weights were going to tape, pull me over the side of the mountain and kill me. Probably not accurate. I, I think this is such an important concept. And I mean, it comes up in leadership all the time. You, you eat the frog, right? You eat the frog first. The thing that you really don't want to do, that's what you got to do first. Um, and once you conquer that, it's just downhill from there. Pick yep. up the weights, right? Go do it. I love it. Cool. Well, Joe, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much. We've got tons of tons of wisdom and insights from you. If people want to find out more about you, what you do, all of the great things that you offer, where can they go? Just go to Spartan.com. There it is. Yeah. That was easy. All right. Very Spartan of you. <laughs> all right. Thanks, thanks so much. We really are grateful to have you on The Fearless Year. You guys are awesome. Have a all great right. day, Joe. We're thanks. out. Thanks so much. Bye. See ya. Here are your calls to action. Here's what I'd like you to do. Number one, rate and review, please. Find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. The ratings and review system help the magical algorithms expose our podcast to more listeners. And we can't wait to share the fearless message with more of you. So please go to that. And speaking of sharing, please share the fearless year with somebody that you know would benefit from it. Find an episode that you really, really found valuable. Share that with someone that you think would appreciate it. And we would appreciate you. And until next time, live more, fear less.